You are listening to the sermon podcast of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We are a community in Madison, Wisconsin, who gathers to worship, to learn, to serve, and to grow together in God's love. Please visit us online at www.covenantmadison.org, where you can find information about Covenant Ministries, as well as links to our online worship services and sermon podcasts. So sometimes people ask why we don't have an American flag up here in the front of the sanctuary. The short answer is that God is our number one priority, not the American flag, not any other flag for that matter. We can love this country, we can celebrate this country, imperfections and all, but our ultimate loyalty as Christians is to God, not to any political party, not to any politician, not even to any country. When you sign up to be a Christian, your allegiances change. We can make affirmations about all sorts of things, but as Christians, we make an affirmation that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. That's the the membership vows that we take. And in other words, Jesus and Jesus' kingdom, God's kingdom, become our top priorities, our principal focus. So as Christians, we believe that something is happening in the world, that God is somehow, way, breaking into the world, calling us to attention, to look at things in a new way, to live in a new way, as members of this kingdom, this new reality. Our memory verse for today reflects this new reality. We said it already, that John was arrested, so clearly this new reality is a bit of a challenge for the powers and principalities of the day. But Jesus comes with this good news of a kingdom, of a new reality, inviting people to repent, to turn around, to change direction, to reorient their lives. He goes on in the next couple of verses to to tell these fishermen he wants them to fish for people, to have the sense of new priorities, of looking at people in a new way and making a difference in the lives of people. That's how I understand that phrase, fishing for people. Well, the the new reality of this kingdom, Paul puts it a little bit differently in his letter to the Colossians, and that's our scripture reading for today. And it goes like this. God has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I've always liked that phrase, transferred to the kingdom. In my mind, it transfers something that you get and it brings you to something new. If you get transferred in your job, you go to a new department, maybe a new location, and you have to learn new roles, new responsibilities, maybe a new building, maybe a new context. You get transferred in the military, you gotta learn new roles, responsibilities, maybe new people, new, new situations all around. You have to find your way in this new context. Well, if we've been transferred into God's kingdom, then we need to do the same thing. We need to figure out the, the roles, the responsibilities, um, what it's all about, who the, the people are in our new department and what our, what our job is to do. When I think about the word transfer, I'm a product of my generation, um, I think back to the original Star Trek episodes, and remember the transporter they had that stand on that little platform and just vaporize and instantly go from one place to another. Well, wouldn't it be great if God's kingdom worked like that? We just snap our fingers, one and done, boom, we're in God's kingdom, everything's fine and dandy. Well, 
I don't think it works like that. With all due respect to Star Trek, I'm not denigrating Star Trek. Please don't come after me for that. Just making a point here. Um, I think this transfer to God's kingdom isn't a one-and-done kind of thing. It's a journey. Our lives as Christians reflect what I would call partial transfers. Sometimes we see glimpses of God's kingdom, God's realm, God's reign in the world around us. We get transferred into that when we see great things happening in the world. And sometimes we see horrible things happening in the world and we realize we haven't transferred all the way. The same thing in our own lives. Sometimes we say and do things that are wonderful and spirit-filled and love-filled and we're like, hey, we're, we're kind of moving towards God's kingdom. And then, hey, we all know plenty of times we don't do that and we realize we've still got our feet stuck in the mud of the old ways. So this partial transfer, you know, keeps, keeps us moving forward. The message version of the scripture, I think, <clears throat> better reflects this sense of partial transfer. According to the message, a different translation of the scriptures, it says, God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of God. He loves so much. The son who got us out of the pit we're in got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. Kind of like that phrase, God set us up in the kingdom, in the reign of God. God, it's almost like God set the table for us and invited us to come to the feast. It's our choice, it's our option whether or not we accept this setup, this invitation, this transfer. If not, we cling to the old life and that sin continues to cling so closely. But to make this transfer to the kingdom, we need one another, which is a big reason why we gather for church and encourage people to gather for church week after week to encourage and support one another, remind one another that we're called to live in a new way, to be new people, to be people of faith, hope, and love in a world that's all too full of a lot of other things. So we make this transfer together. And we need that love and justice and mercy of God. It can be hard to find sometimes. In his book um, called if God is Love, Don't Be a Jerk by John Pavlovitz. Um, the author, well, the subtitle of the book is Finding a Faith That Makes Us Better Humans. Author John Pavlovitz writes essentially about seeking God's ways, um, being God's people, and not idolizing any politician or any political ideology, but trying to sift through all those things and make this world a better place and make ourselves better people, essentially transferring us to God's kingdom. And he tells a story in the book how in the year 2018 he was a featured speaker with a group of people going around with a vision for trying to make this country a better place. It was called the Vote Common Good Tour. And at one of their gatherings, um, all of a sudden a bunch of Proud Boys appeared. You probably know the Proud Boys, an alt-right kind of extremist group that's prone to violence and extreme political views. So they started heckling some of the speakers. Tensions were rising. There was concern that there would be violence at this gathering that was actually in a church parking lot. So John Pavlovitz gets up. And if you know John Pavlovitz, if you've read his stuff, you know he's a bit of a firebrand. And he's not shy of speaking his mind. Um, so I have a quote from him. And there's a little bit of choice language in here. But you can handle it. It's, um, it's just the way he speaks. And he gets up. He realizes, you know, he, he writes that... Uh, his, his options were velocity and volume. So he writes, like a sweaty, deranged, pissed off auctioneer, I breathlessly fired off rapid, raw-throated verbal grenades about the expansive love of Jesus. The irony was not lost on me. 
When I finished, I felt like I'd succeeded only in being louder and ruder than the Proud Boys were, and I didn't feel like much of a victory. So we tried playing, you know, sort of fire with fire and realized it didn't work. Well, he goes on to say the next speaker at this tour was a young woman named Genesis, Genesis B, a poet, a musician, and she opened by talking about growing up in the South in a biracial family that was both Christian and Muslim, and the heckling accelerated from the Proud Boys in the back. And then she did something rather tremendously courageous. She looked at the Proud Boys in the back of this gathering, and she said, I want to speak to my future co-collaborators back there. I don't see you as my enemies, but as my potential co-collaborators. The crowd went silent, and she continued with a smile, saying, I want to know if any of you back there will be willing to come up here and embrace me. The silence continued, and stunningly, after a period of silence, one of those proud boys came forward walked up on the stage, she opened up her arms wide for a hug, and she said, I don't agree with you, but I love you. So Pavlovitz continues writing about this story, and he says, if our faith is going to overcome the ugliness all around us, we're all going to have to figure out how to do the difficult work of loving people we dislike. Now, I know a lot of people are hurting right now. A lot of people are despairing about the shape of our country, our politics, our society. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of sadness and hurt and pain. I get that. There's a lot of weary years and silent tears going on. We're in a challenging season right now. But it's at times like this, more than ever, that we need to cling to the roots of our faith and find ways to encourage one another to do the difficult work of together transferring into the kingdom, together finding ways to love one another, together finding ways of being light in a time when there's all too much darkness. You know, as the wonderful old song says, this is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. The good news of the gospel for us this day is that we have been and we are in the process of being transferred into God's kingdom of love and justice and righteousness. Sometimes we get sucked back into the old ways, and sometimes the world around us is in turmoil, but that call to be transferred continues. And for that transfer, we're nourished by the love of God, we're nourished and strengthened by one another, so we continue the journey together, doing our best to make this world a better place. Let's keep going. Let us pray. Loving God, thank you for the gift of this day and thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the call of Jesus to live in a new way, to let your light shine, to be, be new people, and to do what we can to make this world a better place. Help us recognize our own weariness and woundedness and help us to see the weariness and woundedness in the people around us. 
Help us to lean on one another and journey together and help one another out and do what we can to keep moving forward together for the sake of goodness and righteousness and justice and peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.